we are taught by societal conditionings that it's not okay to be sad. It's not okay to be afraid. It is okay to be angry because that's a masculine emotion, right? Like it's, it's manly to be angry, but it's not manly to be fearful or sad. You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode number 395. Today we're talking about taking men and boys out of the man box with Todd Adams. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark Fields. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of Mindful Parenting, and I'm the author of the best-selling book, Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confident kids. Welcome back to the Mindful Mama podcast. Hey, listen, if you haven't done so yet, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any of these. And if you ever gotten any value from this podcast, please, please do me a favor. Go over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave us a rating and review. It helps the podcast grow more. It takes like 30 seconds and I I hugely appreciate it. In just a moment, we're going to be talking to Todd Adams, co-founder and executive director of Men Living and the host of Zen Parenting Radio. Todd is a life and leadership coach for men. He's the member of the Mankind Project and a blogger for the Good Men Project. And Todd is married to Kathy. And they are the parents of three wonderful teenage daughters. And we're going to talk about what happens when disconnected men show up in relationships and what can we do to raise their consciousnesses? How can we raise boys so they are not in the man box? We're going to talk about all of this and more. So join me at the table as I talk to Todd Adams. Are you struggling with kids fighting, yelling, and more despite listening to the podcast and reading all the books? Parenting can be so overwhelming and exhausting. You know, I see you and I have something that will help. Mindful Parenting SOS. I'm offering free live mindful parenting sessions starting Monday, May 6th. Basically, live mindful parenting lessons that you normally have to pay for. So if you struggle with getting your kids to listen, tantrums, misbehavior, and feeling the guilt of yelling at your kid, then you should definitely get your spot in Mindful Parenting SOS. I'll be there to answer your questions in person, and if you can't make it, we will have replays available. Don't wait to get your spot now. It's free. Go to MindfulMamaMentor.com slash SOS to register. That's MindfulMamaMentor.com slash SOS. I can't wait to see you there. Todd, thank you so much for coming on the Mindful Mama podcast again. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. It's so funny to talk to you without Kathy, your wife. It's always a little scarier without Kathy because Kathy is a wonderful podcaster and I just kind of riff off of everything she says. And I always have this anxiety, fear like, oh, it's all on me now. I got to come up with all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. It better be good, Todd. No pressure. (laughs) Yeah, no pressure. Well, I'm excited to talk to you about men fatherhood and things like that. And you've been talking about this for a long time, but I'm just curious about how it kind of how you started to become interested in studying about this sort of lack of connection that men had in their relationships. 
Um, yeah, I could make this an hour long story or a two minute story. Uh, let's go with two minutes. Um, normal child, not normal childhood, an interesting childhood, but had a bunch of friends, went to college, had a bunch of friends, drank beer, did all the things. And then in my twenties, I went to work and I drank more beer with my friends. And there was a specific weekend that was especially impactful. I went to a place called Galena, Illinois, which is about two and a half hours West with my college buddies. And, um, we drank and we gambled and we did all this silly stuff that happens in guy culture. And upon returning home, my wife, who knows these men because we went to college together, she said, how are the guys? And I said, great. How was the weekend? It was great. And then she started asking me specific questions about the guys, like what's going on in their worlds. And I'm, I realized after a 72 hour stint with these guys, I did not have a single moment of honest, authentic conversation with them. And meanwhile, my wife will go out for a few hours with her girlfriends and just know everything. And I'm like, so I kind of like had this like scary moment looking into my future, like, wow, if this is the connection that I'm going to have with these guys, and it's only going to be based on superficialness and surfacey stuff, my, my life is going to be less meaningful. I mean, I love my wife and I have all these wonder, wonderful conversations with her, but uh, I needed something more than that. So... I decided I wrote an email on a flight home from Vegas to a buddy of mine. And I said, how about we start a men's group? And he was on board. And the only rules were to not drink and not watch sports. So I had three or four buddies in my room, uh, in my living room. Kathy was nice enough to go upstairs with our three daughters. And, you know, we just had an authentic conversation um, and we couldn't hide behind sports or alcohol. And that's kind of what got me started with it. And uh, it's been slowly picking up steam ever since, uh, since 12 years ago. And I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about men living, but now I'm the executive director of a organization, uh, for men. And we're just trying to connect to ourselves and each other in a more authentic way. This whole idea that, you know, you, you went, you were with, with them for 72 hours and you, you know, you didn't really know anything about their lives after that is sort of shocking to me in some ways, but also like this is kind of a piece about this is something about men's culture. And for you, that was a real problem. Do you think that is a problem for most men or do you think this is something that men are content with the status quo or is this just something that is like a way of being that has evolved kind of out of our, our cultural expectations? I think that's a really good question. Do I think that they're uh, okay with the status quo? My answer is no, most guys are not, yet also most guys are unwilling to step into that space or initiate. One story I sometimes tell is I did this YMCA father-daughter weekend, and I've been going for years and years and years, and it was just so surfacy and it was so unfulfilling to me. So one year I got sick of the surfaciness of the conversation because all we talked about with the other dads was, how's work? Or what do you think about the Bears or the Cubs or the White Sox or the Bulls? And I just found myself getting really bored. So this year I decided I'm just going to lean in with with vulnerability off the bat with men that I've never met just to, as a science experiment, just to see what might happen. Wait, what'd you say? Well, they'd be like, how you doing, Todd? I'm like, actually, I'm doing okay, but I'm struggling a little bit because I'm having a hard time really communicating well with my wife because she feels like I'm not carrying my weight. I feel like I am. And sometimes I just have some sadness around that. I get afraid. And some men like turn around and walk away as quickly as possible because they're not used to another man sharing any with any sense of vulnerability. But most guys are like, oh, it's going to be one of those. They don't they don't say this, but 
oh, it's going to be a conversation like that. And they're willing, but somebody just needs to make a move. Somebody needs to initiate it. And I decided I was going to be the initiator. And it was kind of scary because, you know, I'm vulnerable with guys I know, guys I don't know. And but it was a really fulfilling weekend for me. And it was a much better weekend because I got to know guys more authentically. And we talked about our fears and our challenges and our strugglers struggles versus all the other boring work sports stuff that we would talk about ad nauseum. So this is the idea of the man box, right? Like this idea that men can't express their feelings. Can you just kind of like describe what this is that is like holding men back from like just being honest and authentic and vulnerable? Yeah, it's it's I, I think I don't know. Sometimes I say it and it doesn't land well, but we've been lied. I judge the story I make up is that we as men and boys have been lied to most of our life. When we show up coming out of our mother's womb, we come as this whole person with all these different emotions, fear, anger, sadness, joy, um, all of it. And over time, we are taught by societal conditionings that it's not okay. It's not okay to be sad. It's not okay to be afraid. It is okay to be angry because that's a masculine emotion, right? Like it's it's manly to be angry, but it's not manly to be fearful or sad. And it's something that we're conditioned to believe in. And there's times, I, I also am a one-on-one coach and there's guys that I, I try to bring them back to that place of, you know, a whole, being a whole being with a whole range of emotional expression. And believe me, I'm not an expert at this. I still sometimes struggle trying to allow these feelings to come through in its most authentic expression, but I'm getting much better at it in my middle age. I just turned 50 last May, but the guys will say to me, I don't know how to do that. And I say, actually you do. You used to be an expert at this when you were two years old, when your needs weren't getting met, you'd get afraid, you get sad, you get angry. Over time, you have forgotten how to do it, but you do know how to do it. And the problem with the man box is we get ostracized. So it makes sense of why we shut down and only live within the man box. And the man box is simply, it's a way to box us in to what it means to be a man. So I'm only uh, how much money I have in my bank account, or I'm only how many athletic trophies are in my in my trophy cabinet, or I am how many romantic partners I have. I am only uh, how tough I am. And that's really not a good way of being a human being. You know, we are humans that have a whole range of emotions and most of us just squash it down. And we have since forgotten how to tap back into that. And um, so, yeah, the spaces that I create either with a one-on-one coaching or with Men Living, which is the group that I uh, am an executive director of, we try to create these spaces to be able to hold some of these different versions of what it means to be a man. Um, and it's a wonderful thing. It's something really gratifying. So It sounds like it's incredibly needed. I mean... At least for me, when I was kind of, you know, given the cultural message like, oh, you're as a female, like you're not allowed to feel anger. It was like this like expressions of, you know, I end up making all these paintings that were all these expressions of like aggression and exploring it and things like that, because it just to have it not have a whole range of emotions not be expressed as a human, it's like toxic to your body to to have that happen. I mean, I had to like express that in some way. But like I know from a lot of people, it's like, you know, these emotions are sublimated and then it's like, how does it come out then? Right. 
Yeah, and it's something that um, we push down. And, you know, the same goes for, you know, you, Hunter, obviously are talking about from the female perspective and you guys were trained and conditioned to be people pleasers and not rock the boat. And us guys were invited to, you know, get our needs met, be angry and all that. But we weren't allowed to have that gentle, softer side of us. And sometimes when I talk on podcasts or talk to groups of people, this is not all about men and boys. This is about women and girls and non-binary, obviously. But it's it's a both and. Like I I spend a lot of my time trying to, um, you know, our so our vision of men living is a world of healthy, connected men. And our mission is to create spaces where men can connect, heal, thrive. And I spend a lot of my time trying to support the men out there. And there's a lot of times, because I have three daughters, there's a lot of times where people be like, well, what about the women out there? And I'm like, we need to help the women and the girls as well. Like we're all taught these lies. And, um, you know, as somebody who has th- the father of three daughters, I'm trying to get as many men out there that have a little bit more maturity so that if my daughters end up wanting to be with a man as a romantic partner, they have the biggest pool of guys out there that know how to act from a place of mature masculinity, which is a term I use quite often. And that's just oh, being able to experience a whole range of emotions, being responsible, not blaming, not being victims and everything else. So that's my hope. And that's what, you know, I'm trying to do. Stay tuned for more Mindful Mama podcast right after this break. Parenting can be loud, stressful, and rough some days. And we want to be able to go to bed and take care of ourselves in a really beautiful way. And that's why I love that Cozy Earth is a sponsor of the podcast. Cozy Earth offers bedding products that will transform your sleep. The bedding is temperature regulating, which is like a huge sleep benefit, has superior softness, incredible fabric, and incredibly high quality. All the products come with a 10-year warranty. Truly, incorporating Cozy Earth products into your self-care routine can enhance your sleep quality and your overall wellness. You deserve to treat yourself to the ultimate in comfort and indulgence after all the day's craziness of parenting with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear. And it's a way to prioritize your self-care and sleep health. You deserve it. And here's an exclusive Mother's Day offer just for our listeners. Use the code MINDFUL35 for 35% off. That's awesome. At CozyEarth.com. That's coupon code MINDFUL35 for 35% off at CozyEarth.com. I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And this season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and busts common myths about special education. So I checked out the episode on the difference between IEPs and 504 plans because my daughter Maggie uses a 504 plan and it was really, really helpful. It went over all the differences, which one's better, how to get them, different myths and what your rights are, all kinds of different things that you should understand if your child may need extra help in education through an IEP or a 504 plan. 
The tone is super helpful, friendly, and smart. I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's it. Understood Explains. When men are kind of like stuck in the man box and they're disconnected from their feelings and all that stuff, how does that affect men in fatherhood and also in marriage? Well, I I think it would be a little presumptuous for me to speak on behalf of all of uh, the men out there, but I can tell you what it how I experienced it. My first daughter was born in two thousand and three, and it was March thirty first, two thousand three. And after that, two days later, I went back to work, and nothing changed for me. And I know that my whole my wife's whole world turned upside down. And it's really kind of, and I think. I think we are getting better at it. I was just having breakfast with a friend of mine. He gets three months paternity leave. But even he in 2023 is getting made fun of like, what do you have to do? Like, you know, you can't feed the baby as long as uh, she's nursing and everything else. And there are these things that that we as guys are trained, you know, we value our career and our business and our ability to, you know, provide. And it's important for for any couple to be able to provide but we, I judge that we sometimes overvalue it. Like my time would have been so much better spent staying home with my wife for an extended period of time so that I can just bless her and appreciate her and support her and nurture her. But instead, I just went back to work where my world didn't change one iota and hers turned upside down. It was, it was a tricky time for us to navigate because it was such an inequality in that. So I don't know how I got on that topic, but it's something that I thought of. Yeah, yeah. Thinking about, yeah, thinking about fatherhood. I mean, and, and that's, I guess that's changing bit by bit over time and things like that. You know, yeah, my husband took his whole 12 weeks and in his German company, they were totally fine with that. Like that was very normal and that was totally okay. But that was not totally like what everybody did around us, you know, it was pr- fairly progressive for him to take the whole time. But I can't even imagine having being alone by myself during that time. I would be like a fruitcake. Right. And that's just the first, that's just the, you know, when your children are just born, you know, I've, you have a 16 year old, I have a 20 year old. And, you know, the way I show up in my daughter's lives is um, I, I want to model what I hope that they end up cultivating in their romantic relationships. And what I'm say, what I mean by that is I want to be able to model what a healthy relationship looks like. So I'm married to an amazing woman named Kathy and my kids are going to grow up thinking whatever I show them is normal. So if I if I'm a uh, domestic abuser, they're going to think that you know, and all I do is yell at my wife and think that my only job is to make money to you know keep a roof over her head and food on the table. That's going to be normal to them. So instead, what I'm doing my best to show them is a fully developed human being that is challenged, that gets scared, that is sad, that is joyful. Sometimes for us guys, it's hard for us, for us to even experience joy and to express joy. Uh, and that's kind of a main tenet of men living is can we express all of our emotions? And I'm a work in progress and I judge we're all works in progress. But what I'm trying to do is just get the message out there to the guys if they think that there is something missing in their lives and that there is ways to do it. And um and it's a growth mindset. And some guys are into growth mindsets and other guys just want to stay stuck where they are and complain about their families and their partners and everything else. So it's uh, it's a one day at a time type of thing for sure. 
Well, let's lay it out for the guys. Like, say a father's listening, or and this is like, yeah, yeah, Todd. Okay, sure. Sounds sounds lovely for someone like you. But like, let's. What are what are the advantages to moving from the old school? away from some of the old school masculinity things, because in some ways you could say that there's a lot of advantages. Like, you know, you didn't have to deal with all those like disgusting poopy diapers. You were like hanging out and talking to adults rather than being like having your brain being scrambled by a two year old. Right. Like why? Why should men want to embrace all their feelings? Well, um, I mean, the numbers are the numbers and one in seven men in America don't have a single friend. Men are three times more likely to overdose from drugs. Men are four times more likely to die by suicide. Men are 12 times more likely to be incarcerated. So there is a crisis of how it, it, what it means to show up as a man. What you get out of it is to be fully alive, is to be energetic, is to, you know, the only way that we can experience this aliveness is if we're fully ourselves. And the minute that we push emotions down, it gets stuck somewhere in our body. So this is really at the risk of our own health. So when we talk about, you know, what's the advantage of doing it differently? You can live longer. You can be healthier. Um, I just heard a, a podcast and the guy said a stat like, it's more healthy for a man to be with friends uh, than it is to be a smoker. So in other words, if you take two men, one guy happens to smoke cigarettes, you know, two packs a day, and another one happens to have friends or has is socially connected, it's better to be socially connected and if you are and smoke cigarettes than to not smoke cigarettes and not have any, you know, social connection with other people. So, you know, that's just one example that I just heard on a podcast. So the idea is that our health is at risk of if we are not willing to connect with other human beings in an authentic way. And I judge that most guys are just stuck in their friendships, whether it's their romantic partnerships or with other peers. And it's something that I'm, I'm trying my best to rewrite that script with a lot of other really important people out there kind of working on this, on this movement of healthy masculinity. And the, yeah, I mean, those numbers are, are pretty staggering. I mean, I think, and that the repressed emotion thing is like pretty impressive. I've learned recently a lot of someone in my life about how the unconscious can, you know, about uh, psychosomatic illness, how real illnesses, real pain, things like back pain, things like gastrointestinal pain can be created by the unconscious that doesn't want to feel or express certain feelings. And we're seeing that happen to people in my life, you know, and it, it, it can create real pain to distract from feeling feelings because we may be unwilling to feel difficult feelings. Yeah. And what we try to do is, um, you know, it starts with emotional literacy. Like, do us guys know the difference? You know, do we know about joy, fear, sadness, and like all the nuances between them? So it starts with just being emotionally literate. And then it goes to emotionally intelligent. Like, can you identify an emotion in your body? Uh, do you have the ability to express it? Can you gain, gain wisdom by whatever that emotion is there to teach you? You know, as I understand fear, fear is just an emotion that happens inside of us that something needs to be known. Anger means a boundary has been crossed. So can we gain wisdom from whatever the anger is teaching us? Joy means, you know, something needs to be expressed. Something needs to be fully expressed. Sadness means something needs to be let go of. These are some of the things that I was never taught in school. I had to be taught in my adulthood. Like, yeah, because I thought emotions are a distraction when in fact they give us a lot of information. If we can just unblock ourselves 
And that's a, it's an uphill battle for most of us guys. And we're just trying to start that conversation. It's like, can we work on feelings and body sensations and emotions as opposed to just telling stories about, you know, our experiences? And these, this is the pathway to connecting authentically with other people when men are going through a crisis of loneliness. Yeah, it's happened, like, we're recording this on February 14th. Yesterday, there was a shooting at Michigan State University, um, and this is all over the news, not just that. The CDC just came out with, and this is uh, talking about, you know, what's most important is not, it's not for us guys, it's for the females out there. Like, I would hope that that the females out there want us to do this work around it. And the CDC just came out with a report yesterday, or maybe it was the day before, said that one of five girls said in 2021 that they recently had experienced sexual violence. And I'm guessing 90%, 95%, 99% happened at the hands of a man. So and I, I don't want to be uh, perceived as a man basher. I love the men's groups that I'm in and all that. And it's usually a small minority of men that are causing the most amount of harm. What I hope to do is be able to raise a bunch, raise a bunch of men that when they see something that seems amiss, say that there's a fraternity party. And my hope is not just for guys to not be a perpetrator of sexual violence, but to actually stand up. And when they see something, they notice something and they do something. And uh, that's something that doesn't happen as often. I have one daughter on a college campus. I have another one going there next fall. And I'm scared for them. Like, think about that ratio. One in five girls said in 2021 that they experienced sexual violence. It's not the women out there that are making these mistakes. Um, you know, you turn on the news, most of the time, it's a man making a making a mistake. And like I said, it's not man bashing. It's a small minority of men. But can the can the good guys stand up and raise the bar for everybody? That's what I'm hoping we can do. Yeah, I, I look at all of those things and it's always like a man who can't express their feelings, can't tolerate difficult feelings, can't tolerate different things like that. All right. So there's obviously a crisis for men in themselves who who want to just have more connection and more you know, life, a deeper connection to life and, and their families and things like that, but also like our society. So if we're thinking about parents, you know, you have you have three girls, but this is this starts in the family, right? Like this starts our culture starts in our families. So we want to and I imagine for a lot of people, it's hard to think about like, well, raising a child to or boy to not be in this man box. I imagine men have a lot of fear about that. Can we talk about how do we start to transmit and change things for the next generation? Well, my wife and I have been doing a podcast for a long time. And one of the things that I've come to realize is that the best way to teach is not what you say to um, your kids. It's by modeling the behavior that you want to see. Very informally, I came up with this idea, like most of parenting influence for me is like, say, 70% of is that I'm modeling it has nothing to do with what I say. Maybe 25% is not what I say, but how do I say it? From what energy am I saying something from? And then 5% has to do with what I, the actual words that come out of my mouth. Yet as a podcast host, who's been talking to a lot of parenting groups for a long time, everybody's like, what do I say to my kids when I do this? Or what do I say to my kids when they're on their iPad all day? And my response is always like, okay, how are you, what behavior are you modeling? And then from what energy are you trying to connect with your kid from? as opposed to just telling them why they shouldn't be on their phone all day. So for me, I always am trying to spend most of my energy trying to model. And then what's left over, just having some, cultivate some self-awareness. Like, okay, am I in a position to connect with my kid 
And can I do it from a conscious place? And if I can't, it's time for me to make a shift before I engage with my kid. Because if I try to engage with my kid, whether they're eight years old or 18 years old, from this kind of reactive place, it's probably not going to go very far. So those are some of the things that I try my best to practice and then talk to other people about it if they want to hear. Okay. So modeling is key. So for the moms out there who have husbands at home, men, they may want to raise their partner's consciousness, right? Because they know that the, whatever the father of their children is modeling is making an impact, right? Fatherhood matters. It's important, right? So what kind of conversations can women have with their partners to raise their consciousness or, or, or men have with their uh, male partners too? Yeah, I think we did a podcast one time and I think we titled it, how do I get my partner to dot, dot, dot? Like, because whenever we're at a conference or first question, first of all, most of the times we have a conference or host live events, it's dominated by females, which drives me nuts. I'm trying to raise uh, an awareness so that guys will invest in fatherhood the way that the females, in my experience, are investing in their motherhood. And one of the first questions that I always get is like, how do I get my husband to join your men's group? Or how do I get my husband to have some self-awareness? And first of all, it's not an easy question to answer. And I'm always inviting whoever asked that question to have some self-awareness for yourself first. So because as much as you want to say that you have control over your partner and how they show up, you don't. What we do have control over is our own experience and our own influence and not anybody else. So once again, it actually goes back to modeling for one thing. Like, can you be in this conscious place and interact from with your husband in this example from a place of consciousness? Because a lot of the times, you know, the wife in this particular situation will be like, start complaining why their husband spends whatever all the time in the garage and not engaging with their kid or, you know, complaining about whatever thing. And what happens to us guys is we get really defensive and we withdraw. And I know I'm speaking for a lot of people, which I probably shouldn't be doing, I should speak from my own experience. If Kathy, and it rarely happens, but if Kathy's criticizing me from this unconscious place, I just get defensive. I mean, not much is going to happen. So the idea is, can you approach your partner from a place of curiosity, openness, collaboration, understanding what makes your husband tick? And my guess is your husband probably was raised in this man box and he thinks that his value is predicated upon how much he gets accomplished in a day. And it has nothing to do with having difficult conversations with your kids as to do with, you know, how you showed up at work that day. So it's one of those things like if you can show up in those interactions where you really want your husband to shift from, you know, a stuck mindset to a growth mindset, it has to do with the energy that you're showing up with. And can you do it? Because if it comes out from a reactionary defensive posture, it's probably going to go sideways pretty quick. And, you know, that's kind of like one thing I would share is just own your experience and to be able to set, do it through a sense of openness and, and just know that this happens a lot. I mean, I get a lot of wives and mothers coming to Kathy and I and saying, you know, I just wish my husband were more conscious and, and took more of his own responsibility in this household. And I feel for them and just know that we're trying to do our best to raise it and elevate the consciousness of the guys out there. And sometimes the, the woman, the wife, is the best influence in that. Stay tuned for more Mindful Mama podcasts right after this break. As parents, we know that there are so many things in life that we have to compromise on. 
But when it comes to your health, there is no compromise. So don't go back to that doctor that doesn't really listen to you. Instead, check out ZocDoc. This is a place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance. So literally, there's no compromises here because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you actually know about. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. The typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 and 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. Go to ZocDoc.com slash mindful and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash mindful. ZocDoc.com slash mindful. So my husband's had hair thinning issues for years, for a long time. It's not something he'd love to have, and he's done some things for it. But recently, he started using Nutrafol, and oh my gosh, we have actually seen quite a difference. Did you know that for women, hair thinning happens in approximately one in two women? And if you're among them, I want you to know that you're definitely not alone. It's normal, but it's not openly talked about and going through it can feel lonely and frustrating. But you can join over one million people who are doing something about it with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding, like my honey. Physician formulated with drug-free ingredients, Nutrafol supplements support healthy hair growth from within by targeting root causes of thinning, including stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism as they evolve throughout a woman's life. And while many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol's women's hair growth supplement for six months. With Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription required, free shipping, and automated deliveries to ensure you'll never miss a day. See results in three to six months. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code MINDFULPARENTING. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L. Dot com promo code mindful parenting that's neutrafol.com promo code mindful parenting yeah so i'm imagining you know in this situation like dear listener you know say you're listening to todd and you're saying i want my husband to be waking up to like get out of the man box he's lonely he's suffering he's not connecting with his kids like i can see these things right and maybe he's reactionary and you may be seeing all these things and and you're frustrated. And they what I'm kind of hearing from what you're saying, Todd, is like this idea of like, well, you know, look at yourself, you know, self-awareness. How is this how is this 
making you feel and how is it affecting you? Are you are you worried for him and his safety? You know, under your frustration and irritation, is there worry? Is there sadness? Is there, you know, grief over lost connection? What's really there? And then, you know, how can you communicate that from the heart rather than, you know, picking apart somebody's flaws, right? That those real connecting things. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. And and I think what you're sharing is an important point is I sometimes invite people to use inarguable language. So in other words, language that is really hard to argue with. So instead of how come you're spending more time, so much time in the garage, I'm just making that example up and not spending more time with their kids. You can use inarguable language saying, you know, right now I'm feeling a little afraid and sad because I know that you're out there and I I need some more help and I am just feeling sheer from your feeling state versus from a lens of criticism and judgment. Because if you're really trying to get a guy to listen, criticism and judgment is not the best way of doing it. So sometimes I just invite people to share their own experience. It makes it hard to argue. It's like, you know, I'm just really scared and I'm afraid that um, we're moving in the wrong direction and I need, I need help and I need you to be able to support me and I'm, I'm here to support you. And, and can you look at the world through a lens of, you know, this very limited version of what fatherhood looks like? And, and as I'm talking like from the wife's perspective, like, you know, we were taught that, that the nurturing is not our job. And if you can kind of go in knowing that, that might help you to empathize a bit because I'm guessing most of the dads out there that are not showing up as the best version of themselves had a really crappy role model from their own father. And that doesn't mean that their own father is a bad guy. He did what he, he did the best he could with what he had. But the idea is, can we like evolve the society in a way to invite men to not just have these masculine traits, which is strength and firmness and boundaries and focus and these softer, you know, ways about us, which is the soft, the gentle, the nurturing. What I'm trying to do in my own life and any man who is willing to listen is, can we like decide what, what needs to show up in any specific moment? So if my daughter is struggling with a friend at school, can I be really empathetic and nurturing and soft and not try to fix their problem? And then there's other times when we do need to show up in this very kind of masculine way of strength and looking at something and just getting the job done without any type of distraction because there's times when I need to show up as that as a man. So this is not just getting all the guys to soften up. It's getting guys to realize what energy needs to show up in a specific moment. And that starts with self-awareness. It's hard to make those decisions unless we're first noticing what's happening in the moment, who's in front of us and how do we best navigate the situation. Um, And it's like, it's a muscle that you need to continue to flex and work out because there's times when I get lost and I just show up as, you know, the stoic version of myself when it actually the situation called on for something much more gentle and uh, takes a lot of practice. Sure. So what I'm kind of hearing you saying is that we're inviting the men not to demonize the traditional masculine qualities, you know, of strength and et cetera, you know, but to to also invite in also invite in the softness, also invite in the gentleness, and to practice discernment about what they're seeing. And we're also looking at the same thing with our boys, 
right? This idea of not to say they're wrong and bad for having, you know, those things that are traditionally celebrated, like the necessarily like the energy and, you know, the aggressive energy. They're not like bad people for having that. But also, it's also welcome for them to have all of their feelings. Yeah, it's really like, can we get a three-dimensional view of what it means to be a man? For some reason, I always think of the story. I was um, in my community right outside of our movie theater one time, and there are these two younger boys who are probably about four years old holding hands walking down the street. And like, I almost started tearing up because I just thought it was so beautiful to see, you know, two men, boys, two boys, like showing physical affection towards one another. And the reason I got sad is because I knew that I didn't know, but I'm guessing the minute they got to kindergarten or first grade, they got beat out of them because the homophobic calls would start coming out. And that connection that we all can feel in non-romantic same-sex relationships is a beautiful thing. Like my friends, my male friends, I hug them and we embrace and I feel very confident in my masculinity when I do that. Like the fact that I can drop into my heart is a special gift and I want to celebrate that. And most guys are trying to never, ever be vulnerable or show up with any type of uh, behavior in that in that regard. So it is a, a tricky thing that we're trying to navigate. I do think we're getting better. It's just if we wait, because I think there's incremental changes going on, I think we're moving in the right direction, but it'll be another hundred years before we get to the point where I think that there is equality in this world. This is not an equal world. I think that the fact that I was born a white straight man, I've been given so many privileges that I never earned and I am put in a position to succeed all the time. And, you know, God forbid you're a female or if you're a person of color, uh, you got to work a lot harder to get to the same place. And part of my vision for this world is that we have a lot more ability to come at it from a similar place. So I'm trying to use the very privilege that I was given that didn't that I didn't earn and try to manifest that into raising people of color and females and non-binary into this world. So, OK, so let's imagine a dad is listening to this and he's saying, oh, my gosh. This is me. I've been living in this man box. I'm lonely. I'm disconnected. But what the heck do I do? Where do, where do men start? Like, okay, if I have to look at myself, I have to build self-awareness. I'm hearing you say that, but that's a little bit nebulous. Where does somebody start? Well, well there's so many different ways um, somebody could start. But if if my message is resonating with the man right now, I would first say that, like, look at other men that you hold in high regard, that men that you respect, and look at what they do and find some of the qualities that they do and know that there's a reason you're attracted to those qualities. So, like, the modeling that I was talking about earlier, this is a great way to kind of identify, like, yeah, like, whether it's an uncle or a dad or a coworker that you look up to for whatever reason, odds are you're probably appreciating not the stoic nature of them. You're probably noticing that they actually are a full human being that can act from a whole range of, of emotions. Um, if there's a guy says, where do I start? I would be like, call a friend and talk to him and be vulnerable. And sometimes that's really scary. Obviously, we have a whole bunch of resources available at menliving.org. We have six meetings a week where guys can connect authentically with each other. They're facilitated by certified facilitators. So that's one thing I want to be out there. We also have something called Men Living Connect, where you fill out, fill out a profile and the platform itself kind of matches you up with guys you have in common with. All we're really trying to do is 
make it easier for guys to make friends. I could say that uh, when I started having kids, most of my friends from college in the past kind of fell off and I needed to find a new group of friends because geography moves around and things like that. So uh, we are an international men's organization and we have guys from all over the world, not just the United States, from all over the world. And it's just easy to connect with them in a chat. I mean, these days it's easy to connect, whether it's on Zoom or Discord or Slack or some of the profile, some of the platforms that we have. So there's a lot of different ways of doing it. But the first act is vulnerability. You got to reach out and ask and um, have that conversation. And I don't know what got me to the point where I just wanted to do something about it. I'm, I feel grateful that I took that idea and I kind of ran with it and found a bunch of other guys with me that want to help me grow the organization. And that's why... I want to come out and talk to you and because I know your audience is probably mostly female. It's my guess, right? Yep, mostly. And yeah, my my message to um, the females out there is there is a scared little boy inside each one of us men, including me, and we just need uh, acceptance. We need to be able to accept ourselves. We need acceptance from the people that are most important in our lives. And if we if you can start with that, then you might be onto something as far as moving in the right direction. So, so it, the man box is about disconnection, right? It's about strength through disconnection and, and independence rather than interdependence. And what you're saying is like, take those steps towards interdependence, like create those connections. Don't let those connections die. Keep, keep cultivating them and maybe take that brave step to go you know, deeper than talking about the game or the IPA. Yeah, right. Well, and that, and it starts with vulnerability. And it's really scary to be vulnerable. We're taught since we were five years old that vulnerability equals weakness. And if you believe vulnerability to be a strength, but you don't have the ability to really put yourself out there, just do it a little bit. Like what what's the smallest baby step you could do to step into some vulnerability? Because until we as guys can start embracing vulnerability, which I consider like a superpower, and I was taught most of my life that vulnerability is a weakness, vulnerability is a superpower. It's the only way that we can truly connect with other human beings. So, you know, just ask yourself, what's one small step that um, a guy out there can do to try to step into that vulnerability? Thank you so much for your vulnerability for talking to all the to the mindful mama audience and for talking to me today i i really appreciate it as you know todd you and kathy have been incredible influences in my life and great teachers for me and i really appreciate you taking the time to come here on the podcast today but also to just do the work that you've done in this world is is really awesome is making an impact so thank you Thank you so much and uh, appreciate being side by side with you on this parenting journey with you. We've been friends for a long time and I just really, truly do appreciate um, you giving me the space to share this really important message. So thanks. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so glad we got to have this important conversation with Todd. I really enjoy his presence a lot, um, and I hope you did too. And listen, if you loved this episode, if you got something out of it, please go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. Like this wonderful review we got from NPS in NYC, a five-star review, wonderful podcast for hectic Stressful times, they wrote, patience, mindfulness, and keeping it real and staying focused on the positive. These are all lessons I'm constantly receiving from this wonderful podcast. 
Hunter provides such a strong voice of reason and calm. Grateful for this community. Yay! Thank you so much, NPS and NYC. Really, really appreciate it. If you enjoy the Mindful Mama podcast, please subscribe and leave your rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps the podcast grow more. And if you haven't done so yet, please do that. It makes such a big difference. And I hope this was an enlightening episode for you. I think that this is such an important issue to talk about. You know, it's a, a big shift that's happening. And as with everything, our parenting really makes a difference in the and what the attitudes and things we bring into the home. So I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it gave you some food for thought. Maybe uh, you have a man in your life that you want to share it with. That would be awesome. I lo- love that. And uh, I wish you a great week. I wish you peace and ease and great conversations and rest and calm and fun and dancing. <laughs> so I will be trying to practice all those things too. And I can't wait to talk to you again next week. Thanks so much for listening. Namaste. I'd say definitely do it. It's really helpful. It will change your relationship with your kids for the better. It will help you communicate better. And just, I'd say communicate better as a person, as a wife, as a spouse. It's been really a positive influence in our lives. So definitely do it. I'd say definitely do it. It's so worth it. The money really is inconsequential when you get so much benefit from being a better parent to your children and feeling like you're connecting more with them and not feeling like you're yelling all the time or you're like, why isn't things working? I would say definitely do it. It's so, so worth it. It'll change you. No matter what age someone's child is, it's a great opportunity for personal growth and it's a great investment in someone's family. I'm very thankful I have this. You can continue in your old habits that aren't working or you can learn some new tools and gain some perspective to shift everything in your parenting. Are you frustrated by parenting? Do you listen to the experts and try all the tips and strategies, but you're just not seeing the results that you want? Or are you lost as to where to start? Does it all seem so overwhelming with too much to learn? Are you yearning for a community of people who get it? who also don't want to threaten and punish to create cooperation? Hi, I'm Hunter Clarkfields, and if you answered yes to any of these questions, I want you to seriously consider the Mindful Parenting membership. You'll be joining hundreds of members who have discovered the path of mindful parenting and now have confidence and clarity in their parenting. This isn't just another parenting class. This is an opportunity to really discover your unique, lasting relationship, not only with your children, but with yourself. It will translate into lasting, connected relationships, not only with your children, but your partner too. Let me change your life. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com to add your name to the waitlist, so you will be the first to be notified when I open the membership for enrollment. I look forward to seeing you on the inside mindfulparentingcourse.com Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? 
play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.